here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to Shake Them Ropes number 63 here, the uh, show after the show, after the Royal Rumble. Rob McCarron here alongside the internet with Jeffrey H. W. Hawkins. Hawkins, how you doing today? <laughs> We're never going to live that DUI crackdown, are we? <laughs> so I would like everyone to remember he was saying he would rather have a DUI than watch the Rumble, not talk to us. I would just right. like to make that clear, although... <laughs> might be the same case anyway. Uh, we are here to talk about a number of different things. Not so much a uh, live Raw in front of an audience because there wasn't one this week, but we will talk about what happened. Uh, we are uh, available at ShakeThemRopes.com, VoicesOfWrestling.com. A lot of stuff up there for you to uh, check out at ShakeThemRopes on Twitter. As I look at my list of things to get out of the way, YouTube, we're on YouTube also, so you can see both of us right now. How exciting for all of you. And of course, the audio podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, which is new. We're on TuneIn Radio now, Jeff. How exciting is that? Love TuneIn. That's what I use for my radio app in the morning. Yeah, TuneIn Radio. We are there. Search for Shake Them Ropes or go to shakethemropes.com slash subscribe. And we have links to everything. Uh, we're going to talk about Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich from Christmas Day of 1982 today on our top 100 matches to see before you die countdown. We are going to mm -hmm. talk about NXT TV from last week a little bit and what's going to happen uh, as far as the weeks forward leading into the next TakeOver special. Uh, we have this week's Raw is Weather to discuss as well. There was some new content on the show, although two hours of it was a replay of the Royal Rumble last night. So if you did not subscribe to the WWE Network, you got the two fascinating things from the entire pay-per-view for free on said network if you are not one of the one million subscribers to that thing and we're going to take some questions from the audience we have a q a today jeff we got questions uh, you know from everywhere from the twitters from emails a lot of stuff to get through but first let's go ahead and discuss this news coming out of today the wwe you were, hold on you were, you were worried about the lack of raw so you took questions didn't you yeah all right i took questions i literally said on twitter there's not a lot to talk about because of this raw. Let's take questions. I so I was like, yeah, bring about. the questions on. And surprisingly or not, we got some. So hooray. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the WWE Network, Jeff, mm -hmm. reached 1 million subscribers this week. 1 million coming off of the November free month, coming off of the Royal Rumble. They announced not a specific number today, just that they hit 1 million subscribers. Uh, so what do you think about that news? coming out of wwe today damage control 
or canceled WWE Network and all the bad publicity they're getting. It's 1 million subscribers worldwide. Yeah. Not 1 million subscribers domestic, which was their target. Um, You know, good for them. I want it to grow. I want it to succeed. But, uh, you know, color me skeptical yeah, about both about both the timing and uh and the wwe's penchant for uh how how shall we say creative mathematics okay uh because one million subscribers could mean well we it's, is it one million paid subscribers is it one million people who are trying things out on a free weekend and you know whatever i mean free trial uh you know i I think the timing is uh, interesting. Yeah. Let me put you that. The timing for, you could say that the timing might be suspicious that they announce it uh, right now, but, and there's no free trial going on at the moment. There was a free trial plan for February, which got no press on raw. So maybe because of this number, they're not going to do it, or maybe they're just going to announce it over the weekend on SmackDown maybe. Uh, But uh, there was a free month plan for February. We just have not heard anything about it. And let's face it, there is an influx of interest for the Royal Rumble. I'm not yeah. going to deny that at all. And people, Which you is know, good who... for them. <laughs> I think a lot of people wanted to see Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble. Well, as we talked about, we took a lot of calls on the Sunday show, uh, the post-Royal Rumble show. So we didn't get a whole lot of our opinions in, uh, which was, you know, fine by me. Because, again, I was I was a fan of the show as a whole because we got a match of the year candidate. The yeah. Royal Rumble was a little bit poorly booked, not just because Daniel Bryan didn't win. Honestly, Daniel Bryan not winning is one of the lower oh, I, problems I have with it. Oh, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. I didn't yeah. mean to uh, imply otherwise. Oh, sure. But there are a lot of people out there that are upset that Daniel Bryan specifically didn't win. There are people out there that are upset that Roman Reigns I mean, won, not because of him, but because <laughs> of what he represents. He represents the guy they're pushing for us and not the guy that the fans have chosen. Let let me let me chat to that fan base for a little bit. Come here, sure. come here, guys. Sit sit on Uncle Just Knee. Uh, we're gonna have a little chat. When I was your age, and I was an older fan, and I you know was liking wrestlers who were on the up and up, I saw a guy named Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. and I loved watching Chris Benoit in the ring. Chris Benoit was really really good. He was a really good wrestler. Saw him in a Clash of Champions in 1992 against Brad Armstrong, and he blew my mind. And then I saw his Japan work, and then I saw him in ECW as the Crippler, and he was awesome. And then he came to WCW, and he was a horseman, and he was awesome. And then he went to the WWE, WWF, as a radical. And Stephanie said, women don't want to fuck him. Pardon my French. Well, this is the reality of of what we do. We fall in love with these guys, and we care about these guys, and we want them to succeed. But everything goes through the prism of Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon, wrestling is kind of secondary. Spectacle and sizzle is first, but you still have to have good matches. Don't get me wrong, but the spectacle is first. And I've said this here a number of times, the worst thing that ever happened to the WWF was that the Mr. McMahon character became successful because it just, it just reinforced all of his prejudices about what makes a superstar, what something should be and how he is. Daniel Bryan is shorter than Vince McMahon. He is smaller than Vince McMahon. He looks like a hippie. 
Yeah. Those criticisms they had of him on NXT and when he first got brought up as a nerd and a virgin and whatnot. Those were the criticisms that the company had. They'll tell you what they think of you. Um, it's the equivalent of watching a minor league baseball player who's a really good hitter and he's really good defense. And then they bring him up to the majors and they want to make him the mascot. You're like, why aren't you letting this guy hit? Well, they didn't bring him up to hit. They brought him up to put him in the funny costume. So this is the reality we live in. And I appreciate all those fans who are like, I'm canceling my subscription. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hijack the audience at the next live taping I go to. I get it. I'm just as mad as you. And I want to see good wrestling. Perhaps WWE is not your company. Perhaps you should go watch new Japan, but I like Daniel Bryan. Well, wish him well, but keep in mind, this is the reality we live in now. Remember, Cesaro is a terrible, can't connect with fans because he looks weird. That's that's the only complaint. He looks weird, and he's foreign. Huh? You know? It's a true it, statement. He is foreign. It, it, it's been this way for a number of years of, of guys that, you know, Rey Mysterio was too small to be a champion. Edge was, there was some, we, we kind of pushed Edge, but not, you know, he wasn't the guy, but he mm. was, you know, he was a strong performer for us. There's, there's a litany of these but bodies all around. The similarity between all these guys that you just mentioned, the Rey Mysterios, the Edges, the Daniel Bryans, is they broke through. They found yeah, a way but, to break through, no matter what well, the circumstances were. Cesaro is a case where I don't know if that's going to happen, just because of his ability to speak. But go ahead. But your definition of breakthrough and what I think people want is totally different. Main event yeah. WrestleMania. Well, okay, be a fine. Big, be a big draw in that regard, even if it's just for one year. Well, yeah, but it's it's okay. He gets that WrestleMania moment, and then the next year he's curtain jerking on mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Right. You know, it, they don't want that. They want this guy to be on top. They want the rocket. Yeah. And they're not going to get the rocket. They're never going to get the rocket because because Vince wants alpha males. We know this. Yeah. So, and he he looks at at uh, at those smoldering eyes of Roman Reigns, who I think is. I think he has a lot of potential mm-hmm. and he goes, that's my guy with the rocket. I want to put the rocket on. I can't build up another guy at the same time because that's the guy with the rocket. And if I don't put the rocket on him right now, then, then I might not ever be able to put the rocket on him. He's going to look bad. I don't have anything to do with him. You know, just panicky, panicky, panicky. So they're going to put the rocket on him. I think too soon, but here, here's the other part of my analysis today. When we get into all this, uh, the raw schedule for 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 Roman is fairly f- favorable, in my opinion, in terms of the cities that they're going to. Okay, yeah. Before we get to that part, is yes, Roman Reigns is probably getting pushed to this level too soon. But the only reason I could see that being the case is because they're fearful that John Cena is coming up on the end. I mean, otherwise, don't you have some more time to be able to push this transition? You can run with your top guy currently, John Cena. Save it another year for Roman Reigns so that he's a little bit more receptive or recepted by the fans. Because Roman Reigns has the potential to be that guy. He really does. He has the potential to draw interest from every type of fan that they have. The guys that can like him because he's a badass. The women because he's a good-looking guy. The kids who are already cheering for him now. 
Uh, he draws a lot of interest from all different fan bases. He can be that guy. The issue that the fans were having at the Rumble is that one, he's not Daniel Bryan. And two, yeah, they're they're rebelling against the fact that it's happening this soon. Whereas Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 32, if it were just one year from now, I think you could do this because the Daniel Bryan train may be ended by then, or at least you would have gotten your long run with Daniel Bryan. Uh, the fans obviously turned on the Rumble match because Daniel Bryan was eliminated and they never came back. So you have to know that it's Daniel Bryan that was the reason they were booing the rest of the match. It wasn't just because Roman Reigns was being pushed. It was because Daniel Bryan was out. Mm -hmm. But again, at the end yeah. of the day, that match drew more subscribers than it sent subscribers away. Oh, it's no, the I, vocal I, minority who's being really yes. loud about this, like some of the you know callers that we had. Whereas the overall fan base, I think, is somewhat happy that Roman Reigns won because I think well, he's still a more over babyface than than the majority or the minority excuse me wants to admit you forced this hand when you broke up the shield yeah when you and the the injury to Roman created an interesting problem because they were ready to go then because the shield was hot we okay this is hot we have a guy in this group that's hot yeah we need to strike while the iron's hot so they did that, and then he got injured. Mm -hmm. Okay, minor setback. We'll just build him up with these vignettes. We'll keep telling people this. We'll keep telling him, you know, every, you know, every time he came out and did the, right. those promos, we bury, you know, believe that, you know, it, whatever. And you know, on that, it might have been better if they just kept him off TV, period, because I think that break would have actually helped him. You and I agree on that completely, but they don't think that way. They, no. they think that, uh, what uh, was it? Uh, Got to keep him on your mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's the cliche I was looking for. Um, <laughs> the other one that and, you, I think, were thinking was absence makes the heart grow fonder, and that's I what had, they should I have been that, thinking I had, of. Yeah, I had that on the tip of my tongue as well. I have a cliche spewing machine today. They both mean different things, but uh, yes. they picked the wrong one. But but the WWE has never been one for for letting a guy go for a while and then not bring him. I mean, jeez, yeah. when they had the Hulk angle when he got injured, it's like don't forget to send your postcards to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so this this is their this is their mentality. We need it now. We need to cash in now. We need to make this guy a star now. Yep. Seen as the devil we know. I'm keeping Orton off so he doesn't take away any of that heat. Brian's injured. He may not be able to be up to the level he wants. And that's the guy that people want. We don't really want him. I'm not saying that in the way of we don't want him at all. He's a he's a fine, respectable, solid member of the team. And he's a good worker who never complains and is always happy-go-lucky and, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but Roman, Roman's a star. I need yeah. this guy to be a star. And I need him to be a star now. Um... You know, I, I <laughs> what am I going to say here? I, I, I wish him luck there. Yeah, but as you <laughs> mentioned, they're going to somewhat favorable cities. They're out of the Northeast for a little bit. They're going to go to oh. cities who may not be as rampant for the anti-establishment as the yeah. Northeast was, as Philly was. There is a hiccup. There is a hiccup in there. Let me, let me go over that. Cause uh, Hartford was going to be Monday. Yep. They're in Denver yep. on the second. Where it was 70 degrees, by the way, yesterday, I find that amazing that Denver, Colorado, during February, effectively almost February, was 70 degrees, but go on. February 9th, yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Easy. Easy. Yep. Easy win for them. Uh, 
February 16th. Orlando. Orlando. That's right. Super easy. Oh, that's how you know. Super easy. Tourist town. Yep. Retirees, kids, whatever. Rob McCarron. I'm going to be cheering like crazy for Roman Reigns. And it's a shame that Rob got thrown out with all those signs. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, February 23rd, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. They'll do something with the king, and it'll be easy. Well, the king will interview him in Nashville. They might very well do that. Is you bring Jerry Lawler back for this Raw, and he kind of gives the bump that week to uh, your man, Roman Reigns. I don't know. Just just try not to make it hokey. March 2nd, you may have a problem. Where's March March 2nd? March 2nd. Prudential Center, Newark, New Jersey. I don't know about that because by then you're going to be in the heart of the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns push. You're going to be two by then weeks you're going to have momentum. You're going to have momentum going for you. Yeah. Okay. March 9th, Pittsburgh. Easy. Pittsburgh's you're, no you're, Philly. Pittsburgh rebelled at the last Rumble, though, when they, they didn't get Daniel Bryan. Right. But also, I, it's hard to tell because we're going to be, Pittsburgh is going to be what, three weeks after? Uh, whatever this pay-per-view is, fast lane. So by then, Fine. you're probably going to have, if it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Sheamus, which is the rumored match, you know, for the third time at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. If Sheamus comes I'd back say. as a monster heel, they'll have their Daniel Bryan cheerful uh, time, and then Roman Reigns will be separate. They're not going to be rebelling that Roman won the Rumble two months later there in okay. Pittsburgh. Fair enough. Uh, March 16th, Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, they're not going to cheer anyone just because they're, they're going to be on cheer. their hands. They're going to they're they're sit on their hands. Yep. And then the go-home show They'll cheer for Seth Rollins, though. Keep Seth Rollins away from Roman. Yeah, and they'll do that. Mm-hmm. They're smart about that. And the go-home show for Raw, possibly the easiest audience they'll ever get, Staples Center, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Who have been massive. They've cheered the Shield louder than almost anyone there at Staples. They cheered Roman Reigns. I don't know if they've been there. Uh, what was SummerSlam? SummerSlam was there, right? And they mm-hmm. cheered Roman Reigns against Orton like crazy. Yep. So sure did. You, you have time here to make Roman Reigns being a super over babyface possible. I think we're just mm-hmm. in the shocker week right now where, okay, we had the rumble. We had the negative reaction. They had some negative stories about it, but mm-hmm. you're going to separate Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. That issue is not going to be on the table. I think a month and a half from now, Daniel Bryan will have his issue. The crowd's going to accept it by then. Maybe not gladly, but it'll be one of those things where, 2014 is not going to happen again. I don't feel I, I don't feel this overpouring of support for Brian to be in the mania main event that we did last year. I think people want Daniel Bryan to be higher on the card, but I don't necessarily think we're going to get this groundswell here of support for Brian to be the main eventer to where every show is hijacked. No, I agree, and and I think I think Batista being a retread, yeah, was was part of that where Daniel Bryan was new. Now they have someone new, right? And and Paul Heyman's gonna Paul Heyman's gonna sell the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's gonna be great on this. And one thing that Batista didn't have last year to try and keep him as a babyface is a real strong heel presence and a real strong promo presence going against him. I mean, he was going yeah, they, against yeah. Randy Orton, who was no they whatever they yeah they assumed his very presence was going to get a face right. pop. But Roman this year is going to have Paul Heyman healing like a monster for the next two yes. months to get Roman Reigns over, and Paul Heyman will make it work. He made it work on Raw this Monday, where that mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns segment that closed the show, I mean, the, the entire Raw, sans one Daniel Bryan interview, was the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar Raw. The yeah. whole entire show, which was amazing, because you would not have had Brock Lesnar on the show as much as you did this week if it were live in the arena. 
Agreed. But because you had three hours of studio time, you had Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns up front. If only this could have happened maybe the week after Fastlane to where you can really promote a pay-per-view strongly in WrestleMania. I, the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns stuff I thought was great. You had Roman Reigns just sitting there taking all the negatives and not speaking too much, but speaking like a real human. And then Brock Lesnar just chilling there back, sitting in the back of his chair, hanging out while Paul Heyman does his dirty work for him on the mic. I thought I, that I, Raw stuff was excellent. I took off half a point on, on the end. I thought I thought the the contrived, I don't respect you, and then you will. And then you the, will. The, and yeah. then the loving stare for five seconds while they dwell on that shot, and they keep going, and they don't kiss. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's WWE and how they do things, and I get it. But in, you know, it, it's one, also it's also hokey eighties action film. I would have much rather when he goes, I don't respect you. I would have much rather had Roman just shove him. Just shove yeah. him. You don't I mean give you're me, still give me some heat. You're two give months out. Heat. You're two months out. I think the first heat moment where Brock really does something to Roman has to come when Roman's in a different, like bigger match. Maybe if he's in a singles match at Fastlane, Brock Lesnar oh, shows up. I, no, I don't mean Brock shoves him. I mean Roman shoves Roman Brock. Shoves. Yeah, but then what does Brock do? Brock's got to fight back, and then you have an all-out Brock. Because Brock's character hey, Heyman, is not one Heyman, who takes hey, a shove. Heyman stops it because because they're they're in they're in the corporate. Not here, not here, not here. Yeah. Whatever, just break it up. Just give just give Roman that little bit of uh, edge right now because he need he. I thought he needed it after uh, what was Roman Reigns issue one, the origin story. Well, you know what? Which I, there was there was a huge disconnect for me on all the interviews except for that Brock one. With with Roman, to be fair, I know I thought uh, as far as the stand up goes, these are the two guys where that works to me, where you okay. just have them facing off because Brock Lesnar can get these guys to somewhat back down. Roman Reigns isn't backing down. Roman Reigns is the new guy that really doesn't know any better, and that's what Paul Heyman had been setting up for the five minutes before that. Is that Roman well, Reigns do, doesn't know any better? He well, then know do any this. Better. Do this then. If you're gonna keep them on the handshake and together, do the. Uh... Do the Carl Weathers, Arnold Schwarzenegger thing from Predator where they're trying to break each other's hand while they're handshaking and they yeah. eventually just kind of both let go there, or something. There was do, a lot of jaw do. clinching going on. Yeah. There's a but, lot of clinching but, to the jaws. Roman Reigns has got that part of his character down. He but can you know, the, jaws you, know the scene, you know the scene I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. In, in Predator? Yeah. No, just do that. Do that. Um, I, <laughs> are we going to get into uh, where are we getting into raw or or, or the rumble? Well, I mean, basically, I, I we kind of talk about one minor thing. We've kind of talked I, I about was, raw here. I mean, that was the raw was a Roman Reigns interview, a Brock Lesnar interview, and then at the end of the show, they met. Uh, what I thought was kind of interesting in the Seth Rollins interview portion of the show is, and I only bring this up because Brock Lesnar is in the video ad for Fastlane, but he's mm -hmm. not announced locally for the show, and there's. There's no real you know, advertising out there that makes you think he's definitely going to be there. I kind of thought with that Seth Rollins promo that they were setting up a February match between Brock and Seth for the title at Fastlane. I need to speak on the greatness of Seth Rollins. Speak on I, I do. Um, because I, actually I was mad at I was mad at the WWE because I watched the triple threat before turning on Raw. Thinking yeah. I was just going to get a bunch of video packages, you know, sure. hyping up Roman and what. And then we're going to show the match. I go, damn it. I just watched it. But I watched uh, for a second time the triple threat match and then a third. But the second time I was just focusing exclusively on Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins did so many little things in that match. Great. Mm -hmm. Like trying to grab the ropes when he was getting back suplexed by Brock. 
and selling the ribs throughout the entire darn thing. And this interview he did on Raw was phenomenal heel work. And it's a way, because I've been listening to um, another podcast where where they're bringing up why Triple H is such a horrible heel. And Seth Rollins exemplifies why he's such a great heel. And, and 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 the line where he goes, I underestimated Brock Lesnar. Yeah. If they had had if they had had a half decent interviewer, someone like Okerlund, someone like David Crockett, who used who would always troll faces in interview segments and whatnot, someone who could actually speak for themselves and they're having an interplay on that interview, someone should have called him out. Like, how do you underestimate? Brock Lesnar, who's an NCAA champ and, and, you know, former UFC heavyweight champ and whatnot. And all Seth would have to do is go, Mr. Money in the Bank, I beat six guys in a match for this briefcase. Yeah. You know, I'm the best. And and that that alone makes him big. I, you know, I liked the whole, well, he's going to have to push me out of my seat and then just kind of throwing it. That's a nice weaselly heel move. But I, but I wanted, oh, oh, it was... That that line was so good. I under it's such a great heel line. I underestimated Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Oh, and that's and what it, you should it, do. It, the the heel should it, go in there thinking he's the baddest one, even and, if he's not. And and it just went unnoticed. And I was just like, oh, they missed it. They missed it so much. Um, I'll get into the Roman interview in a bit. I thought the Daniel Bryan interview was fascinating. Well, it's fascinating for the perspective that they wrote that not to get over any issue with Daniel Bryan. They wrote that to get over why we should still cheer for Roman Reigns. That, but they also, in my opinion, put in a plan B. And they put in seeds for a Daniel Bryan heel turn if they have to. Because the, they, they put in a couple of lines there that are very specific. He, he br- finally brought up the fact, I never actually lost the title. Yeah. Within within his his congratulating of Roman, you know, oh, he gets to deal with the authority. But you know what? I never actually lost a title. And then the other one, which was big, which played into the way they scripted Roman, which I thought we'll get into that. But the the WWE never put food in my mouth as a child. Right. He's starting to show little signs of being. uh, That's a heel line. He's a little frustrated. You know, that's a frustrated heel line. We talk about John Cena breaking all the time. And if they ever turn John Cena heel, well, this is what you start to do is you start showing the frustration coming out. You start showing how this guy achieves something, can't get it back. So now he's going to take a little a few shortcuts to try and get there. And that's a fascinating aspect, too, because if they decided to turn Daniel Bryan, especially before the Rumble, then why is everyone going to boo Roman Reigns? Because they want Daniel Bryan to heel. Are they going to still cheer Daniel Bryan, even if he turns heel because the fans see through it? I mean, that's a dicey little situation, too, if you wanted to actually turn Daniel Bryan heel, if the crowd would actually accept it. No, they'd go, they'd, they'd turn him full heel. They, they, wouldn't, they, wouldn't do, they wouldn't let him play up the aspects where he's right. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's just the seeds right now. And that could be after WrestleMania. There's a part of me that thinks they could do that for Fastlane. They could feed him to Roman Reigns for Fastlane. They could. And, and, and God, the internet would explode. <laughs> there would be a lot. Just, I, I don't know, because, you know, one thing that I would, I would like to see, I, you know, Daniel Bryan fans may not uh, like where he is on the card, but a Daniel Bryan heel persona is a really fascinating persona if they went all the way with it. Yeah, 
And then we got into the Roman Reigns origin story. <laughs> Paul Heyman did talk about. I mean, the basis of the point no, was the the pre Heyman one. Well, go the, ahead. Did you go see ahead. that one? I, I've the seen one the whole where, show. Yes. Okay, the one where he's talking about. Did you have to do an update, but or did you have to do a recap for uh, your your weekly recap for that show, or did they give you the night off? F4W Online. I watched the show at three a.m. last night. Drunk? No, actually, oh. no, <laughs> no, not drunk. Um, what is it about this company that they need to make every top face that they want to put the rocket behind the, uh, the, the, the loner self-made man? Because they, they were giving me two stories at once. They were giving me the history of the Samoans in WWE, which they've never brought up before as related to Roman Reigns. And then, and then they had him say just stupid things like, you know, I've always walked my own path since I got into the WWE. Oh, really? Weren't you a member of a she- the Shield a while back? No. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh, you're you're a self-made man. Is that why we're going over your familial history in the WWE? It, it just, it just, it, everything they did to 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 do that aspect of it. There was a disconnect from the other story they were trying to tell. And I get that they're trying to humanize him and, and, and all that other stuff. And I think, you know, once Heyman got in there, it was spectacular, but that part of it was just, and again, there was no interplay. So Roman was just trying to remember things and he was being fed, I guess You, you heard that little thing, right? He wasn't being fed lines. That was feedback from, and that was talking from other people. Oh, was that? I, okay. They were in a studio that was not set up for what they did last night. Right. No, I got the feedback part. They were, they were doing it. They were doing feedback it live. That you could audibly hear people in other rooms talking because these rooms weren't soundproof. These rooms were not made, you right. know, four different studios in the place to do what they did last night. So, yeah, there was audio that can be heard. There was poor audio work on the show in general. The Roman Reigns mm-hmm. interview, that first one, had audio feedback and uh, buzzing yeah. for the first yeah. two minutes of the promo before they figured it out. Uh, you, they, you being a yeah, you being a sound geek, I knew you were. Just... They had noise gates set to a certain point where when anyone would, would talk, you would hear all the audio background. Like when we first started, and you would speak, and there was a whole bunch of you know background noise, but then it would go silent when you were done because my noise gate turned on. It was one of those things that they were doing at WWE uh, Studios last night, so it wasn't perfect. It was a hastily put together show because it was about twelve in the afternoon when they decided to travel the hour and a half to do the show in Stanford. So, I mean, everything was kind of rushed. Nothing was perfect. But as far as the story goes, the Paul Heyman part, going through the backstory of the Samoans and how he knew Roman Reigns' family more than Roman Reigns did. That part was fine. That was a cool story, but it, it was all to set up the point that no one in his family is telling Roman about Brock Lesnar because, one, they're scared of Brock Lesnar. And the fact that Roman Reigns just doesn't know what he's getting into. The first part of the story, you can kind of uh, intermix those things. You know, Roman Reigns, from the moment he was talking about, you know, going into the pool and not knowing how to swim and him having to claw and scrape to the top of the pool and then learning to swim. And that's, that's his story. Yeah, he had a family history, but it's not like they gave him anything. The family sent him off on his own to make his own way. And if well, you want to bring they, up the negatives, like a Rosie or a, a Manu or some of the other Samoans that didn't make it, uh, you could do that too later on. Like, not everyone in, in the Anoyi family has made it. 
you're taking the long way around though. For for me, the the story if you want to make him a rugged individualist, you say I had to learn how to survive on my own because the guy who brought me in, Seth Rollins, turned on us. You're right, That's but, when but I you know, started This part of the story doesn't have anything to do with Seth Rollins anymore, so they're not going to mention Seth Rollins. He's not part of this story for Roman. Well, just say the shield then and then and then Things happen with the shield, and I was on my own. Right. Boom. And you, you know, that's know. all you have to do. We're going to get I mean, it's January 27th. WrestleMania is, is the last Sunday in March. We have two months of talking it, to get done because we're not going to see uh, a lot of confrontations between Brock and Roman. We might see one or two, but there's a lot of talking to be done. There's time still. This is my writer geekery coming oh, sure. out. I, 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 you know, and, and where I go, well, you know, why give all that? You know, I'm a fan of. And we'll get into this a bit when we get into NXT. Hows and whys make characters, uh, not who's and what's an exposition. Right. And they love exposition. And it's just like, well, it's just very easy. I had yeah. to do this because of this and 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 go on with your life. But instead, I got, you know, the fa- I got Ancestry.com. <laughs> on, on well, here, I mean, we talk about how the writing team will rewrite TV, you know, the days leading up to it and sometimes the day of. Well, they literally had to throw out the entire show. Now, of course, in two hours of it was taken by the replay of the Royal Rumble match and the replay of the Triple Threat match. But they had to write an hour of dialogue between all the people that were on that show from well, scratch at about two o'clock in the afternoon for a show that started airing at 8 p.m. Eastern. They were under a deadline. I can see how some of this stuff, like you mentioned, would fall through the cracks and not 100 percent match up with what else was written on the show. No, I get that, but okay, you have six hours and you have a studio, which is basically a movie studio. Mm -hmm. These types of interviews without a crowd, without 18,000 people chanting, what, after every pause, (laughs) is exactly what's needed in the WWE. It's exactly what's needed, but the problem is they were just... What they were doing was they were scripting them like they were in front of 18,000 people, but they were one-on-one interviews. They were one-on-one and they weren't really one-on-one. They were one with uh, a mannequin who said, how do you feel? You know, and that's always been my, that's been my issue of late with their backstage standups when they do that, you know, have an actual conversation there, guys. That's you hired these people to be interviewers. Let them interview, tape some stuff on the fly. You have six hours and you can just edit it down. And, And while they're working on those and just coming up, just generating tape, with video that you can splice because they're very good at doing videos. Do that for the six hours and then fill the, th- <laughs> they did an overrun on, on this show, which drove me nuts. I'm like, they don't need the overrun. Just go off. Well, at they, they do it for ratings purposes, not because it I just know. happens. They I do know. it for ratings purposes, but uh, let's move on to the questions. But on the last note, I am like, you just mentioned the video packages. I'm very looking forward to these video packages that will come about for a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. One, just to see what they put in there. And two, because Roman Reigns doesn't have a whole lot of history to kind of show. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see it. But if I were to say now how a WrestleMania match goes between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I'm I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of what we saw at SummerSlam with the Cena and Brock Lesnar match. Just this time, unlike John Cena, Roman Reigns is going to come through in the end and have that big finish. But I can see 15 minutes of Roman getting beaten up. I was thinking about this on the, on on this proposed WrestleMania card. There are a lot of X factors here in terms of you. You have a lot of 
veterans who are up there in years, and mm-hmm. you have a lot of new guys or unknown quantities who have never uh, never been in that position at a WrestleMania. I mean, you got Undertaker, Bray, Hunter, and you don't know how Sting and him are going to gel. You have Roman and and Brock at the top. You have Rusev and John Cena going if, a long time. If that's still going to happen. Possibly. Because, uh, that was one thing that was announced on this Raw, is John Cena and Rusev in a non-title match. As as of this moment, the main event for Fastlane, uh, that could very well be the end result main event. But I still, if you're going to have Brock Lesnar on the show, which, again, he's in the video ad. I don't know why you'd put him in the video ad if he's not going to appear. But you could have a Brock Lesnar match in the main event. But Rusev and John Cena was made. And if this network is indeed free in February, Fastlane is going to be a glorified Raw episode. Uh-huh. We're going to have yeah, a John it- Cena rusev non-finish to lead into a wrestlemania match we have a bunch of matches that don't mean a whole lot directly that are just advertising for mania i mean that's another three hours they're they're gonna write a raw with longer matches and put it up as fast lane i think they're gonna have another troop run in if they're gonna continue the cena feud and and eventually make john cena fight for the troops at wrestlemania right yeah i I can see that you know yeah john cena the marine you might as well uh bring in some of those uh some of those troops, but we'll, we have plenty of time to talk about leading up to fast lane, plenty of time to yeah. talk about WrestleMania. Let's get into some of the questions that were sent in. Uh, we yeah, had this... a abundance of questions sent in from Twitter and email. Uh, you can find our contact information at shakethemropes.com slash contact. If you have questions for us on the show about anything at all, feel free anytime to send them in and we will get to them here on the show. Uh, but at the Messiah, and I hope I'm saying that somewhat correctly, uh, asks what is the worst pay-per-view name ever and could it be Fastlane? I'll let you go ahead and start with that one. What's the fir- the worst pay-per-view title in WWE history? Oh man. I I don't have them all in front I, of me. I had I, a few I, that I thought of immediately when I saw this question. A few that I thought of. One was bragging rights. Bragging rights was pretty bad. Uh this Tuesday in Texas sure. comes to mind. Taboo um, Tuesday on that note. Taboo Tuesday, uh, Cyber Sunday. <laughs> All of those types um, of ones. Cyber Sunday and Taboo Tuesday. I mean, I, the concept was unique at the time, even though it would more relate to what they're doing now, but uh, just the title. Um, over the Limit, which was a pay-per-view in Detroit a couple of years ago. Um, you know, can't use Over the Edge anymore, but Over the Limit. What's the limit? I don't know. And Fastlane is basically Over the Limit with a different title. It's got the race car theme and everything. Mm-hmm. It's got it all. Yeah, that's just, and it's you know it's it's to help tie into Daytona. I think I remember. I didn't think it was that bad of a name because it plays off of where they were. But I remember in DC, uh, this may have been five or six years ago, uh, whenever it was, when they came up with the name of Capital Punishment. I know a lot of people were dogging on that name a little bit, but I wouldn't oh, really. God, I, that was terrible. I wouldn't consider it in the like top five of the worst names ever, though. Capital Punishment. No. So what? I mean, WCW had Capital or Capital Combat when they were in DC. Uh, no holds barred. The match, the movie. I'm cheating now. I'm, I I went to Wiki. Of course, you would be looking it up. Well, I want to make. I want to find a really bad one. I got you. Uh... Um, I'll ask the next one. If you find a really bad one that's worse. Yeah. There, there are sub, there are subtitles that are bad. Like in yeah. your house, beware of dog. That yeah, was... we don't need subtitles. Okay, you continue with the next question. I'll, I'll start. I'll keep looking. At the Dames Seven, our friend Damien on Twitter asks: Would Elimination Chamber be a better placeholder pay per view than Hell in a Cell because you don't need a heated program to make it work? 
And uh, this is a hot topic ever since they announced that Hell in a Cell was always going to be in the October-November range. And absolutely, if you're going to have a gimmick pay-per-view like that once a year at the same time, absolutely I think Elimination Chamber would be better than Hell in a Cell because one, it's kind of been proven in the past. And yeah, you don't need a heated singular issue to go in there and try to make that type of feud into a cage match level feud. You can just put six guys in the race for the title. It can kind of work. Hell in a Cell, and I think you might agree, you might disagree, but it's been talked about for years. Hell in a Cell really is a match that should come about when it's needed and not be Mm -hmm. at the same time every year just for the sake of it being there. Nope, I I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that the the good thing, and, and the one thing I would do with Elimination Chamber is I would leave the title out of it. I think sure, that yeah. I think that kills a lot of it, Make, especially because yeah. you usually, you know, especially in the timing in February, it was always weird to have Elimination Chamber after the Rumble and then before WrestleMania, and right. then it's like nobody, the ch- no champion gets momentum. But that could be like that could be the number one contenders match. I'd sure. much rather have Elimination Chamber than Money in the Bank. That okay. would be my that would be my Money in the Bank match right there. Would be you win Elimination Chamber. Um, I also have a winner for our worst name. It's that insurrection insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. That was right. pretty bad, but no, I, hell in the cell should be a blow off for a blood feud. It should be Always. one match, not a series of hell in the cell matches on one show, one match right. when you need it for the title, whatever feud is necessary for I, it. I, I view hell in the cell the same way I view war games. You, you do war games when you have hot feuds that you need a blow off right. on. Uh, at the Messiah on Twitter also asks anybody from the U.S. scene that you would like to see in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So not necessarily just WWE, but is there anyone right now in the U.S. who's never been who you would like to see in New Japan? Um, I'll start off with what I mean, I think a lot of people would say Cesaro and maybe even Jack Swagger uh, just mm-hmm. for what they bring. And they could have a series of matches with all the talent out there. Uh, one name that I would love to see, and he's basically having New Japan style matches down in NXT but he would have a lot more uh, guys to work with that would feature his style. Sami Zayn would be amazing in New Japan oh, yeah. Pro Wrestling. He'd be amazing in in the juniors tournament. In I think. any of the divisions. Yeah. He would look great. I mean, you have AJ Styles there. Sami Zayn is like the AJ Styles even taller. Uh, he could have amazing matches with the talent over there. But as far as match style, it's basically what he's doing now in NXT. On the pay-per-views, the- anyway. I think if this were like the early to mid nineties, new Japan, they'd lose their crap over Brian cage. Yeah. <laughs> Brian cage would be way, interesting. Yeah. By, by, by the way, that's my plan. If you ever want to get rid of the Ascension from the main roster cage in Wuhan nation, j- just have them bypass NXT, have them come in and just destroy the Ascension. And they're your new tag team. They're uh, your new monster tag team. The next PWG show on the 27th was supposed to feature Brian yes. cage and Uha versus was, the young bucks. I was so hyped for that. But Uha, oh. who uh, is WWE bound, not necessarily relating to why he won't be on the show, but he won't be on the show. So we uh, we aren't getting that uh, Young Bucks murder and destruction that we were expecting, unfortunately. Mm, no. Um, who else would be good? I'm trying to think of guys who would like be not necessarily top of the card guys, but like the guys you'd put in against Minoru Suzuki. I I, I think there would be um, a lot of people. types. Yeah, I think there would be a lot of people that would say like a Dolph Ziggler, although I wouldn't really have much interest seeing Dolph Ziggler in that type of match. Um, you know, this 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 new generation of technicians like Timothy Thatcher. Sure. Um, would be good, I think, in those types of matches. I, you know, I. 
New, New Japan has enough gaijins right now where they don't need anybody. They, they actually probably need to get rid of some of them. Like, they got guys who, they're big, but they don't, you know, they don't do a whole lot in the ring except power moves. So, I mean, if that's what they like, then you look for the power guys. Like, you know, guys who, you know, if Machine Gun or Doc Gallows or the, the Killer Elite Squad decide to leave, you replace them. But, uh, you know, anybody can fit in there. I mean, uh, there's nobody I'm I'm dying to see right now because they have so many. I mean, AJ Styles is on top there, or he's, he's one of the guys on top. That's, I mean, they have a healthy stable of foreigners along with the Japanese. So Frank Puddle on Twitter asks, is there any pot or any way, any chance for Roman Reigns to leave WrestleMania with the championship and not face a fan mutiny? And I, we've talked a lot about a little here on the show so far, but I think absolutely yes. One, because time heals all wounds. If you really make Brock Lesnar into the monster heel, which he can be, I think, yes, you can have WrestleMania end with Roman Reigns on top and people cheering for him. Are they going to be cheering for him as loudly as Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30? Most likely not. But I think they'll be cheering for the end of the reign of Brock Lesnar and for a new fresh face. Because for all the time people are asking for new fresh faces on top, this is one. This is Roman Reigns, a new fresh face. Maybe not the first name on the list that you would want to put up there, but he's a fresh face. I think there's a chance that he is able to uh, to turn this around. Do I think it's likely? That's a different answer. Do I think there's a chance? Absolutely. I think the night of WrestleMania, yes, they'll cheer him because it's going to be a lot of casual fans, a lot of people who just want to go to WrestleMania, and also it's the spirit of the event. They'll cheer him. San Jose the next night? Not so much. That might be a, a weird uh, story. We'll we'll see on that one. Uh, at NY Sports Nut asks, do Lesnar and Reigns have the stamina to deliver a 20-plus minute WrestleMania main event match? No. I don't think so, huh? <laughs> I mean, I think Lesnar th- does. Lesnar's done the longer matches with Cena that have been brutal. Uh, he's done all-out sprints with Big Show at Royal Rumble. Uh, I mean, he does this sometimes. I think he'll be fine. Roman Reigns is a different story because he well, struggles to go about 12 with Orton, but go ahead. Well, the two of them together. Right. Oh, yeah. When, when, when Lesnar's in there with Cena, Cena's going to protect him. Cena's good enough to pace a match. And, and and you know, it, there there was plenty of resting in, in that SummerSlam deba- debacle, you know, and, and whatnot. And those were promos. And, and Brock was. <laughs> debacle. It Brock- was a five-star match. <laughs> Oh no, no! Well, I did. I, you know what I mean? The destruction, the destruction of John Cena, right, yeah. which which I which I loved, but but you know, we all thought Brock was going to drop dead of a heart attack. Well, he was turning so red. That and the fact this is an interesting issue too, because I love that SummerSlam match. Oh, so do I. And I said earlier that they could do that match with Roman. It could be very similar, except for Roman making the comeback. But the story is completely different. If Roman Reigns is in there as the John Cena role, it's a completely different match than the SummerSlam match with Cena because the whole drama to that Cena-Brock Lesnar match was the fact that, okay, this is John Cena. People expect him to win. People expect him to have really good offense in these matches, and it just never happened. Whereas Roman doesn't have that cachet built up to where he's on that level yet. Well, Cena also had the the minor league background where he had to do wrestling matches for a time, and while his offense is not crisp, as some may like, he has enough offense where he can improvise different things. Isn't Roman a pure product of the training center? Yeah. He has the background to set up his three moves 
or, or whatever it is. He doesn't have a lot of transition spots. He doesn't have a lot of things other than setting up for, you know, the Superman punch, the spear, and a power bomb, pretty much. This so on the road. This is a scary proposition. On the road to WrestleMania, this is what you need to do, and it may not, it may not get over early. It may not get over ever at WWE house shows. Put them on before intermission, not as the main event. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns needs to wrestle twenty minute matches with Jack Swagger on house shows. Needs Swagger. Um, well, you can't do Rusev because be- Rusev will be busy on house shows with John Cena. But, I got I I got something for it. That might be the reason they need to turn Daniel Bryan to get him in a match twenty minutes. That's you know grappling a bit. And I think that's why Jack Swagger can do it too. Jack Swagger can fit the Swagger Brock Lesnar mode in that role. I, I'm saying Swag- you do a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match on the house shows with Jack okay. as Brock Lesnar, just to okay. get it down. Fine. That's that, my that that, wor- that that works perfectly for me. All right. Yes, One name that. and that's it. Parker Holland on Twitter asks: Aside from Brian Cena, Reigns, and Rollins. Who would you pick to beat Brock Lesnar? My one name, and I've said it on the show before, is Rusev. Who would you pick, aside from those four, if you had to have someone beat Brock Lesnar? Someone on the roster? Someone on the roster. Sasha Banks. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, one name. man. Uh... And it could be for any reason, whether it's a match that would get over, whether it's for historical significance, whether it's... You know, to get someone over, I don't know. Yeah, then that's what how I do it. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Hey, that's a good one too. Yeah, Rusev, Sami Zayn. Either one of those would be great. Um, I was Kevin Owens. I'll take two. We have a question, uh, and we don't need to go too long into it. But Arrow, Flash, or Gotham? Flash. Flash. All right. Uh, Chris Arrow's pretty good, but they're they're two different shows. Gotham, I I have no use for. Okay. Uh, Chris Matt three zero or three zero on Twitter asks: Is Reigns Brock really just to set up Rock and Brock for WrestleMania thirty two? Uh, Rock and Brock may happen in the future, but that's not why this match is happening here at Mania thirty one. No, and I I've toyed with the thought that Brock Reigns one is setting up Brock Reigns two at thirty two, but uh, it, it could. But I don't. But no. But yeah, they're they're mutually no. exclusive. Brock and Rock may still happen later on. But yes. this match is not to set up a story no, for that one. It, it's to make Reigns a star. It's not to bring in the rock. At M underscore A-G-E-Y-E-V. Love those underscores. Uh, what happened to the idea that WWE was running some shows on Mania Weekend to draw away from ROH in the indies? And basically, I don't think that was ever the issue. One thing they were going to do was make it harder for the indies to get in the general vicinity, and they had done that. But mm-hmm. But they already do run shows. It's not the type of wrestling shows you would think of, but they run WWE Access. That is their promotion to get fans interested in the WrestleMania buildup. They don't want to wear fans out with a whole bunch of wrestling shows. And they know what their audience is. The audience that comes to these events isn't there necessarily to see wrestling. They're here to see the experience. And that's what Access gives them is the experience. And they're going to add an NXT show or two to draw those indie well, fans away. They might have NXT matches at Access, which they've done Yeah, before. that's, what, I'm, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, Absolutely. But as far as running an entire top-to-bottom card 
on a WrestleMania weekend, not going to happen. You can't shut out everybody. It's impossible right. it, 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 in terms of logistics, but they're going to make they made it they made it difficult enough. Yeah, and you have I mean you have sixty thousand people coming into the city for this one event, and ROH generally will draw two thousand. I mean, it's a small mm-hmm. audience that ROH and the Indies draw. So let's not think that they're taking all the fans away from WWE. Um, at Liger Times Bomb, and that's a joke on Matt Stryker. It's actually at Liger Liger X Bomb on Twitter says. When will we see the debut of Solomon Crow on NXT TV? And I think that we're going to see it on February 12th at the NXT TV tapings. When they figure out what they're going to do with him. One, when they figure out what they're going to do. But two, it's after a pay-per-view. So it's the time where you can introduce new people. Um, You might have, again, a Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville, some of the stars going up to the main roster. So you need to refill that card a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see him on the 12th. If not, I would almost 100% bet that we see him on the 18th. We're going to see him by the end of February. I don't know if we ever see him. Well, that's the other possibility. <laughs> if we don't I, see know, him this they, weekend, I think you might be right that we never see him, but go they ahead. Tried, they, they tried that hacker gimmick with him, and they and they, and they they said no thanks to that, and then he got injured. Yeah. And uh, while we're on NXT, let's talk a little bit about NXT. It's, it's time for NXT TV talk. What were your thoughts coming yeah. out of this TV show? I like the show a lot. Yeah. This one hour went very, very well. Um, this performance center needs to start working on the personalities because it's obvious from the Roman Reigns thing that, uh, that, and I mean character. I don't mean making these people well-rounded people. They're, they're getting the work done in the ring. They get the WWE style. Now, now they're, now they've started to slack off of the other part because, they're made people, not people who have developed their character over indies over the years, but their characters and their interviews and things like that, they need a lot of work. Um, I like this team of Blake and Murphy. They need a name. They need a package. They need something. One of them needs to change up their look. They need a personality because they don't have it. Right now, they're two guys in weird tights that look vaguely alike, except one's Australian. I think I think we'll start seeing some development with them here, and you'll definitely see it in the next couple of weeks of TV, but I think, yeah, you're going to get something like that pretty soon. You know, I need the I need Becky... I need more of Becky Lynch's personality or something like that. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to uh, mention, and I tweeted this and got a lot of positive response on it, uh, we once again need to extol the virtues of Bailey. Bailey plays this character so great, and it is such a difficult, it's a difficult character to maintain for a long time, the perpetual underdog who is still a fan favorite because you're either viewed as a doormat or they turn you heel when you go angry. And her body language and her facials on this character, on, on, on when she did the, she didn't turn on Charlotte. She just she's because Charlotte's not a full on face to me. Um, she has she's she's a she's a uh, she can go either way. Let's put it that way. But when she did the belly to belly suplex on her and just just the aftermath of that whole thing and just her leading up to that and, you know, just kind of looking at the belt. And all, oh, it was so phenomenal. And she is so ready for the main roster right now. And. Their problem is they're going to view her as a little girl as opposed to a sexy, cool woman like they want divas to be. And they're just going to, I think they're going to blow it. But nevertheless, Bailey is awesome. And I'm looking forward to that four way. 
I'm looking for, I want, I'm hoping in the future weeks we get a little bit more between Sasha and Becky now that they're both in the match together. Yeah, I believe, I mean, they're going to build these up. There's only two weeks of TV left for it. Uh, and this Wednesday we'll have the contract signing between uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which adds a little bit of a luster to their main event match at TakeOver. Uh, the card is certainly interesting. I don't think we're going to see, you know, multiple you know, four plus star matches. I think the women's right. four way has a chance to be good. It also has a chance to be a train wreck, but I'm thinking yes, positively thinking positively. Um, and then also, also oh, uh, the finals of the NXT title tournament won't spoil it for those who are avoiding spoilers, but that's going to be an excellent match. And then you'll right, have the main right. event, which is going to be excellent for a different reason. You're going to have matches of different styles on this show. And that's what people are looking for is a card with great matches that differ from each other. Two more quick things. Uh, the Sami Zayn promo, phenomenal. Loved it. It was it was a it was a fiery babyface promo without uh, with with heat to it, which I liked. And it and it didn't uh, it didn't bail out on some of the tropes that they sometimes do with these kinds of babyface promos. And then uh, I thought uh, I thought the Atami uh, uh, Tyler Breeze match did a lot for both guys. Yeah, sure. I thought Tyler Breeze needed that kind of strong showing, even if it was a loss. Tyler Breeze is sneaky in the aspect that a lot of people don't remember at all his NXT TakeOver match with Sami Zayn. That was really right. good. Uh, Tyler Breeze is capable. Yeah, Tyler Breeze is capable of doing these matches. He's just not, you know, an indie guy per se. So he doesn't get a lot of that flooding of praise after the fact. It's always the other guy. But He Tyler knows Breeze, his character. He cuts yeah. better promos than, than some of the most of the main roster, I would say. And he's committed right to it. Yes. As much as I was saying Adam Rose was never committed to his, and I think he is more now because he's on television weekly, Tyler Breeze is committed to that act. His problem is the Miz took took the moneymaker thing, so that kind of gave me, well, we can't have two guys who <laughs> like looking at themselves with their face on the roster. So, I mean, totally just, just undercut his ability to be brought up, but he's also small, which yeah. doesn't help either. But I th- Tyler Breeze looked fantastic. I thought in this match and, and uh, Tommy finally got to do something. Yeah. Thank God. On the, uh, on that note, as, as far as NXT goes, I will be at the TV tapings and the pay-per-view special coming up in February. So if you want to uh, follow along with that trip, hit us up at shake them ropes, uh, but let's get into some breaking news. And oh. yes, I still don't have a breaking news bed. I'm going to get that immediately. <laughs> It's going to happen. The raw rating, the viewership is in for Raw. How do you think it did, Jeff? It probably did pretty well. Raw finished with 4.4 million viewers. The best Raw viewership in months. Yep. A little less than last year, but last year you had the fallout of Daniel Bryan not winning. You had a live show. You had a whole bunch of stuff going on. This year was a studio show. The first hour did well. The second hour did even better. The second hour featured the end of the Royal Rumble replay, as well as the, uh, uh, I believe that was your first Roman Reigns promo, too, in that second hour. And Dean Ambrose, or was Dean Ambrose? Dean Ambrose was late. Dean Ambrose was late. Uh, And that was great. That was such a great... The third hour, uh, you know, went down a little bit as people understood, okay, all the Royal Rumble stuff was done and we had seen promos from all the guys already. We just didn't see the meeting, but every hour was above 4 million viewers, which is the first time that's happened in, I think, months and months, because I think last last week still had one week at least under 4 million, Uh, Mm -hmm. but a pretty good Raw rating considered a success for a studio show that was two-thirds a replay 
of the WWE Network the night before. I'm sure that anybody who doesn't have the network and anybody who, you know, has a passing interest or someone who didn't get to watch it live that previous night, I'm sure that 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 rumor spread quick and people turned it tuned in. How uh how much do you have on this Kerry Von Erich Ric Flair match? I have a bit. Why? I'm wondering if we should hold it off to next week. Think we should get running... this go with this right now? I think I think People are following along, so I think we should do people it. People are following along. If we go a li- if we go a little longer than normal, that's fine. You know, it's 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 extra show for them. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we watched, and I've mm-hmm. seen it now for the third time. Kerry Von Erich, Ric Flair mm-hmm. in our countdown mm-hmm. to the top one hundred matches. I believe this is match number ninety. Is that right? I believe you're correct. Match number ninety uh, from Christmas Day of nineteen eighty two, a steel yes. cage match. Mm-hmm. With Rick, uh, with Rick Flair, Kerry Von Erich, and Michael P.S. Hayes as the special referee to make sure special that this match sure. would just be a train wreck. Yes, this uh, th- there there's a lot of stuff going on on this show. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Yes. Well, well, I mean, for this show because I I also watched the weeks prior to this, so I okay. could get a full full thing of the of the of the angles. Yeah. Rick Flair had fought Kerry Von Erich in a two out of three falls match sanctioned by the NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, NWA referee Al Neely um, was a little quick on the trigger for a disqualification of Kerry in the first fall and and also in the third fall. So the NWA got involved and Fritz got involved and he was angry. Meanwhile, Ric Flair has put a bounty on Kerry Von Erich so he doesn't have to fight him again, which was uh, cashed in by Gary Hart and the great Kabuki, despite the fact that Ric Flair denied any involvement in it, he did indeed put a bounty on Kerry Von Erich. So they decide we need to put this match in a cage so that uh, so that outside interference can't happen. And we're also going to vote on a second referee because referees are made of paper mache, as Rob can probably attest to. Yep. I'm if, weak. If a ref, if a referee is bumped, they they're out for 20 minutes. I would so, I would get bumped in like the third match of a show unexpectedly and I would tell people I can't work the rest of the show. I was hit. I can't just go out there. So it was announced that the voters would get to vote on this dun, second dun, dun. referee. Mm-hmm. And there were three other choices, none of which were very good other than maybe Ken Mantell, and Michael Hayes was one of the one of the things the newly Brought in Babyface. He had been in there for about two months and then brought in his brother, Terry Gordy, in as well. So, hey, that's great. Meanwhile, also on world-class championship wrestling television, there was a six-man tournament going on to to figure out who was going to fight for the world six-man belts, a very prestigious title, as they were saying, as it's a new title. Well, at this same card on the episode before this on the network was the title match. And what had happened was... The Freebirds were in the finals of this. Von okay. Eriks were, were not going to be participating in this title match or in this tournament because, well, Kerry needs to concentrate on his match, and, you know, the, the Von Eriks had different things to do. But the night of that t- tournament, the big, red-hot Freebirds, Buddy Jack Roberts, his plane had issues traveling because it was the Christmas season, so they needed a partner. Who did they get for their partner? But Mike Von Erich. And before this match, the Freebirds and Mike Von Erich won the World Six Man titles. 
So now we get into this main event match, and everybody's thinking, finally now, finally, Kerry Von Erich's going to have a shot at this title that Fritz has wanted one of his boys to win for so, so long. Everything's in there that's going to work in Kerry's favor. There's a cage, so not only can Ric Flair not escape and not run away, but none of Gary Hart's guys are going to come in and jump him. Mm-hmm. There's a second referee so that if a referee like whoever it would be, because there was also a mystery between whether or not it would be David Manning or Bronco Lubitsch, who's terrible. Bronco Lubitsch is the worst. Okay. Just an old guy who gets, uh, never mind. But if sorry, he got Bronco. hit, if he got hit, he's dead. If, if he got Double hit, sorry, Bronco. We'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd have a second referee in there and a guy who can take care of himself, you know, and make sure that there's no chicanery. In the ring, too, by the way. In the ring. Not on the outside. In the ring, in the cage, in with the, the other ref. Now, when he came in to this ring, and he was announced as a special enforcer because of the great thing. He had refereed a big title match in Tokyo, Japan before. No video exists of this, and much like Girlfriends in Niagara Falls, probably never existed. He announced that in order to keep the peace, to keep people from coming in, that his brother Terry Gordy would be manning the steel cage door. Yep. So you have the second hottest group, second hottest face group in the territory, watching the hottest face in the territory's back. What could possibly go wrong? But everything because everything worked together in this. This is why I, I love this match so much because <laughs> it's a no disqualification match, mm-hmm. but we have to maintain the rules of a regular wrestling match. So if somebody's in the ropes, they have to break. Well, and, and, and let me, th- let yes. me cut a promo on that. First of all, because WWE chooses when to ignore and when not to ignore the rope break in a cage match rule. Cause there have they been times. What's that? They were consistent here. Right. WWE chooses to ignore it. And like, if you're in a cage match, sometimes a rope break helps you. Uh, you know, Charles Robinson called for rope breaks before, but then other times they wouldn't do rope breaks. Just because it's a no DQ cage match doesn't mean that you shouldn't break it up with the ropes. A rope can cause a break in the match. If you don't break it, then yeah, you're not going to get DQ'd, but you can't win that way. Right. You can use moves. Right. You, can, you can use a closed fist. My favorite thing was Bill Mercer, who has... Bill Mercer, I think, was drunk half the time doing these shows anyways because he'd always stumble over things. But he has such a smooth voice. And his his explanation for this of, well, it may be a cage match. It may be a no disqualification cage match, but we still have to maintain decorum. Right. Have to maintain- I just thought I thought that was so brilliant. And, of course, in the course of this match, Michael Hayes is amped up because he's not really a referee. He's a wrestler. So, you know. If guys rubbing the face in the cage, he has to break the two of them up. But these two guys are in a fight right now. Mm-hmm. And so as we continue to go, guys aren't letting go of holds and whatnot. And Michael Hayes, of course, loses his cool. But but not before. There, there's a, there's a, there's the, uh, I don't know if you're going to go by the play-by-play, but, but, the, uh, but the thing that first sets Michael Hayes off is... Kerry Von Erich has Ric Flair down. I believe it's in the claw. And mm-hmm. Ric Flair's yep. foot grazes the ropes. Yep. Doesn't get his foot on the ropes. It grazes the ropes. It touches it once. Yes. It touches it. Yeah. And so 
by just merely touching the ropes, Michael Hayes has to confer with Terry Gordy. Is this a rule violation? Do I need him to break this hold? Gordy, I believe, says yes. So mm-hmm. so Michael Hayes doing the same thing Al Neely kind of did, very mm-hmm. quick on, on the decision-making, is trying to get Kerry Von Eric to break this hold, and Kerry won't break, and so he has to use force. He is pulling with all his might to get Kerry off of Ric Flair. Yes. All his might. He's struggling to get him off. And all of a sudden they tumble down. And now you have, you know, P.S. Hayes down under Mm -hmm. Kerry Von Erich, who's above him. Ric Flair is there bleeding. Uh, Yeah. And then and then all hell breaks loose, really. Oh, no, no, no. It still builds. We got we got still have some time. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, fine. Okay, he's off of Flair. Flair's had a chance to regroup now. Mm -hmm. And now Flair's pissed. And now Flair starts fighting and fighting and fighting and he gets him into a corner and he just in the ropes and he just starts pushing and and punching and punching and he won't break the hole. So Michael Hayes has to throw Ric Flair. So Michael Hayes is just tired of this crap. So he pulls Ric Flair off and he punches him. Boom out. And he's, and he's so mad. And he looks at Kerry goes, you pin him now. Pin (laughs) him. Pin him. You full pin him. I got this match one for you. We got this. Let's go back and drink. Carrie, being the fine, upstanding, brain damaged, slightly retarded, um, baby face he is, does not want to win this way. And this pisses Michael Hayes off. Yep. Michael Hayes is like, after you ungrateful mother effer. You're all I've done you for you. Fine. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And as he leaves is leaving the cage, flares back up, and puts a knee in Kerry Von Erich's back, who's trying not to get Michael Hayes to leave, thus pushing Michael Hayes out of the cage and into Terry Gordy. Mm-hmm. And also knocking out referee David Manning, who is made of paper mache. Right. Well, Terry Gordy's kind of pissed because it looks like, from his vantage point, that Kerry Von Erich has attacked his friend As, after being ungrateful. So what does Terry Gordy do? He slams the cage door into Kerry Von Erich's head. Yep. Oh, my God. What has happened? <laughs> Their best friends have turned. What's going on? We've never seen this. They've been the reddest, hottest baby faces in Georgia and other territories. And now they've, what are they doing? Well, while we're all screaming as to what's going to go on, both Kerry and Rick ha- have kind of gotten their bearings, as has David well, Manning. Hold, hold on. No, not okay. Not yet. After not the yet. after the cage goes, I'm pretty sure it's right after the cage. Is Ric Flair goes to cover Kerry, right? Ric Flair goes to cover Kerry. Michael P. S. Hayes rolls in. He he shoves the ref away. Counts a three. Counts a three count. Yes, the three count where he kicks out where Kerry Von Erich Kerry's kicks kicked out. out. Two. Counts the three anyway. Yes, but the other ref is like, no, it doesn't count. And and Mike's calling for the bell. Yeah. He's like, F an you. official in the, the match counts the three, calls for the bell. This the other the referee is like, nope, just ignore that. No fall. Let's keep going. I had, I had forgotten all about that spot, and I thought it was brilliant. It's like, yeah, F it. I'm going full heel. I'm, going, I'm counting three anyway. Anyway, and then he bails, yeah. not, not caring about the actual result. I'm like, yeah, an actual official in this match called for the bell and the bell, the timekeeper and the other ref is just like, no, let's ignore it. Guy got too involved anyway. We're done. We're going to keep going. 
So we're getting in the match now. Back back to Flair and Kerry Von. Back and Flair with one ref with one ref in the ring, and PSAs is gone. And Kerry has, I believe he has the claw on again. Yeah. But he is he is all googly eyed due to the cage match shot, and the referee's checking on him, and he's just struggling to answer. So the referee says Kerry Von Erich can no longer continue the match mm-hmm. in a complete non-finish, which I hate. But it worked. It awarded the win to Ric Flair. Ric Flair got the win on this match. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair was down after the uh, the spinning. What was it? The spinning uh, fist. The spinning. Uh, the discus. Uh, the discus punch. punch. He hit the discus yeah. punch. Ric Flair's down. Carrie Von That's Eric right. is struggling to stay footed. He goes That's down. What it was. Yeah, he didn't have the claw. And he yep. had done the discus, discus punch, punch, and he was struggling to cover him. He's he can't cover. He goes down. There's a moment where he just goes completely limp, and that's when the ref checks his eyes. Calls for the bell. All the meanwhile, Ric Flair is still down, not moving. So how do you know that Ric Flair wasn't out and unconscious? But Kerry Von Erich is down. The ref calls for the bell, quickly raises Ric Flair's hand. Ric Flair is your winner because Kerry Von Erich couldn't continue the match. And the people, the the 20,000 in the sportatorium, are going crazy. And and my favorite part of the crowd in this match is that they're only being restrained by a little piece of rope going across there are no barriers or whatnot right. there's just that string that's that's the do not cross line mm-hmm. pretty much it, and and the von erics hit the ring and they are apoplectic and yeah. it's it's the shot heard round world-class championship wrestling because this begins the epic freebirds von erics feud yeah you have the uh you have carrie's brothers coming in the ring to check on him you have that going on um, and this is a match here on the list at number 90, where if you are a WWE fan now and not a historical fan and go to watch this match by itself and not the context around it and didn't listen to us, you would have no clue what's going on. No, and a whole no. bunch of stuff would not make sense to you. And and they have they have a bit of an issue on the network where they took down a couple of episodes yeah, in, bet- they're not. in between there. Yeah. But but it's. If you go back like three episodes in the thing, there's a great Fritz von Eric Ric Flair video confrontation where Rick, where because Flair still hasn't really admit, he's, he hasn't admitted to putting the bounty on Kerry von Eric and Fritz is just <laughs> eating nails in this in this thing with a with a glorious tuxedo T-shirt with a dicky on it right. and it's just it is just glorious because he's spitting bullets. Rick, who's been doing the the vertical. Blade jobs has that all glistening on there and just going. I'm a ha- I'm a better man than him. And and also watch the entire episode of this one because the the promo well the promo carry cuts sucks, but the promo Ric Flair cuts it, it's it's vintage Flair, but it's also just very low key Flair where he's kind of I'm a be- I'm I'm better I'm a better man than half the man you'll ever be and whatnot. It was great. Kerry Von Erich, Ric Flair from Christmas Day. It is labeled as December 28th on the network because uh, that is, I believe, when it aired. So if you're looking for that match, December 28th, 1982, WCCW. Next week, we will talk Adrian Neville versus Tyson Kidd versus Tyler Breeze versus Sami Zayn from NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. That is match number 89 in the top 100 that you must see on WWE Network. The Fatal 4-Way main event Next week here on Shake Them Ropes. Excited to watch that one again. I've seen it twice. I watched it obviously live. And then the next day, 
This will be the third time I've watched it and the first time since that week. Nice. So I'm looking forward to it. So I hope as you guys a, as am I. Yep, follow yep. along with us. You can watch these matches. It's only one a week, so not too bad. Can't wait until we get one of the Iron Man matches because I'm sure there's one of those on here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll follow along with that. A lot of stuff to talk about. I want to close the show with another piece of breaking news. TNA, Impact Wrestling, it's has announced oh. they have announced their next TV tapings after England. They're going to tape at Universal Studios in Orlando. Oh. From, from February 12th through February 16th, they're going to have five days of tapings. They're literally going to tape about two months of TV in one week's time. But do those dates ring a bell to you at all, Jeff? You're going to be in Florida around that time in Orlando, aren't you? NXT TakeOver is on February 11th. The mm. NXT TV tapings are on February 12th. So you're going to hit the TNA tapings too, right? Why not? I'm going to be... Oh, God. But you have, you have NXT on the 11th and 12th. TNA on the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Raw on the 16th. You have Raw on the same night that TNA is taping in Orlando. There's a lot of wrestling in one week's time there in Orlando, Florida. Rob, it's Valentine's Day on the 14th. I need to get you a girlfriend. Well, I'll be back by... Well, oh, you, uh, you're right, because I kind of... Uh-oh. I don't know how that's going to fly. Oh, I have you to have really one? think of an excuse really quick. Wow. Yeah. Does she live in the Niagara Falls area? No, she does okay. not. <laughs> she does not live in the Niagara Falls area. Um, yeah, well, while I think of a way out of Valentine's Day, I'll, uh, I'm going to oh, be in Florida. <laughs> okay. Because I'm going to be in Florida. If I have to bring her along with me, that's going to be a different story. But I'm going to be in Florida. I don't, I'm obviously not going to go to all the TNA TV tapings, but I have to imagine I'll go to at least one. I'm down there. I can't miss you know, all of them. So I'm going to go to yeah. one TNA taping. I'm not going to go on the 12th because that date is reserved for NXT TV and maybe the debut of Solomon Crow. But we'll see. But a lot of stuff coming up in February. We're going to have to record on some of these nights. Okay. Not all. I mean, I'm not going to make you, you know, stay up till infinity for all of them all right we're gonna have to record on one or two of these nights during this week because that's an amazing string of wrestling in orlando florida of all places so we'll do that um any final comments before we say goodbye to this awesome week here on shake them ropes we've kept the fans here long enough let's go home i appreciate everyone for listening to our live show on sunday night staying with us live and on the podcast version i appreciate that we're going to do some call-in shows in the future as well so stay tuned to our twitter for that at shake them ropes i appreciate everyone listening to this week here and we'll see you next week with nxt fatal four-way and hopefully a live raw in front of some people here it comes again lunch will it be the same old same old Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.